one. The moment we've all been waiting for. The July CPI. Hot or not, we'll find out. We'll be chatting with me, Schneider, and Market Gage on that one. We got a ton of earnings to cover. And we got a trading story. You win some, you lose some, and some you should have just held on a little bit longer. Pre-market prep on a Thursday. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. Let's get to the price action. S&P's up 20 and a quarter handles, 45.06 after the week close. The buck pulling back down 34 cents, under 102 at 101.97. Bonds up a quarter of a point at 123. Crude taking a breather down 63 cents at 83.78. Gold in the green by 440 at 1955. Even silver trying to get back in the 23 handle up 13 cents at 22.86. And Bitcoin, it's back under 30K. It's up $75 at $29,585. We always have some good things to start to show. So I want to bring in Triple D here. And um, here we go. We got another story from Triple D. Mm, I, I well, I want to talk about this yesterday, like trading slumps, like trading through it. Um, and so I'll give you the, just the story from last night. And sometimes you're just like you're making good calls, you're feeling the market, but it's just not working out for you. And I mean, you can be the casino. We know the casino's edge, and this is how I've always treated trading. Like you know, you like you're the casino and you're playing your edge. And and you are the actual casino. So you know it's got the edge, you know, in the slot machines of three, four percent, or the crafts table of you know a few percent. But you know they go on bad runs where players just get lucky. They're you know lose some money. Like casinos on any given day can lose money on any given you know roll of the dice. They can lose money. You don't always win. So as long as you know you're sticking to your systems and the proven systems, you're gonna go into bad runs. I'm on one of those bad runs right now. August has been terrible for me despite really feeling the market well. Like, I'm calling it well. I'm trading it well. It's just like I'm getting hit. It's like every day I'm, like, got a random stock and it gets downgraded. Or, you know, I'm just getting, like, dinged on dumb things. And I'm just missing the good stuff. And case in point is, like, feeling it last night. So Capri is getting taken over, which we'll talk about that in a second. But I just want to use this, you know, as a teaching. Um, I, I went long this into the close. The reason I went long Capri into the close was this chart is in the gutter. And I'm like, expectations are so low that they in all likelihood are going to be able to beat the bar. So I'm like, I don't mind maybe, just maybe, you know, um, taking Capri into the report. So I had it for the most of the part last night. And then after hours, it started getting bit up a little bit, just late in the session. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to take the bird in the hand, you know, instead of taking it through the report. And so I sell it literally last night before the after hours close. And then I wake up this morning and it's taken over. And I'm like, 
I cannot believe I was that close to picking up 20 points on that Capri. It'd be my, it'd make my week, you know, something like that, a 20 point move. I'm jumping in stocks for 20, 30 cents, sometimes last 20 points is a huge winner, but it's just like, this is the month. It's like, you're so close. You're doing it all right, but it's just not working out for you. And sometimes that's going to happen. You know what you got to do? You got to keep your head up and you got to keep grinding and you got to say, you know, like it's going to, you know, work out like things are going to turn around. And as long as those systems, you know, 23 years of trading these systems is proven, it's going to work out. But it's just, you know, it's it, we're all going to have slumps and we have slumps and I have them and, you know, they don't usually last, you know, this has probably been a, like a seven day, eight day slump here. They don't usually last this long. It's usually a few days. So it's a pretty good slump for me despite. And, and if I was calling the market bad, like if I was feeling the market, I'd be like, ah, you know, like this is, you know, something's wrong here, but I'm still making good calls. It's just like, it's just not working out. So I'm just trying to trade through it. And I'm just saying, even, you know, the people, you know, have been trading for years, we all get trading slumps. Just sometimes it doesn't work out. Yeah. You Dennis, you spent a lot of time in front of the screen. You know, and um, I, and it just I think that like decisions, I mean, you're looking at everything. You're looking at ticks. You're looking at news, I think. So, um, and, you know, one thing, you know, I've tried to, you know, talk to you from time to time is, you know, you've got a lot of things going on and you're busy. It's just sometimes you just like a half a day, you know, away from the market. May you may miss an opportunity or something, but just kind of just like clearing your head. You know, and and getting away, yeah. but uh, you know, but and, and but I you like that. to trade to it. Oh, like I did that already. Trade. Actually, it's probably why my month isn't that great either. I actually took a day off, um, one night off this, which I haven't done in a long time. Uh, a few days ago, you know, I was like, I spent it with the family. I was like, you know, it's been like, and you know, and, and it's a struggle too. I mean, these hours that I work are a little bit messed up, and I've talked to you about this, Joel, too. You know, I work the pre market. You know, I work the open. I don't trade in the middle of the day. People always find that mind-boggling that I don't trade like 11 to 2.30 or 3 o'clock, those middle four hours, because it's too efficient. You know, I trade in efficiencies, and the market is so bloody efficient in the middle of the day, I can't find the edge. Now, exceptions is if there's like a Fed announcement or something, you know, I may trade those hours. But I've found, you know, middle of the day is just too choppy. And I find the best moves have been overnight. So I basically... Oh, the difference in that for years. About 10 years ago, I switched from intraday to like overnight, like getting feels. And you know my strategies, you listen to the show, like holding stocks before they report, you know, like, you know, trading, you know, I trade on the news, sympathy trades, all kinds of stuff we've talked about before. Um, so, and, you know, and obviously just specializing like two-day moves, different things, overnight moves. You know, I became an overnight trader, you know, trying to feel, you know, I've got a feel for this and I think this is what's going to happen tomorrow morning. Um, you know, it's just right now I've got the pretty good feel. The market's kind of doing what I want it to do, but it hasn't been easy. Even being on the side, we've had a lot of chop in here. Like the, yeah. the market seems to be up every single morning and then it gives it back during the day. So, you know, I've got an overall bearish thesis, but we've been popping every morning and it's actually the move <laughs> down has been probably when I haven't been at my desk in the middle of the day. So it's funny how it just doesn't work out sometimes, but as long as you're still grinding, making the calls, I'm just saying to, you know, even the traders who are still learning, I mean, sometimes you just got to grind it out and eventually you'll find that edge. But, you know, even, you know, the, the best traders, not that I'm one of the best, but I know there's some of the best out there, they go into slumps, you know, unless you're, unless you're Kenny Griffin <laughs> with Citadel. Uh, yeah, he, you never he doesn't have slumps. But uh, he's the only one. Uh, unless you're on Twitter. Um, let's go here. Well, nobody loses on Twitter either. Let's go to you want, it's not you called want Twitter it? anymore. It's called X. 
Oh, excuse me. Uh, do we? I mean, we spent a lot of time on the Capri here. I well, mean, we haven't getting... talked about it though, so yeah. Might as well I mention got you guys. Let me let me bring it in here. Tapestry, of course, announced definitive agreement to acquire Capri Holding Limited for fifty-seven dollars a share in cash. Um, so rock out your Jimmy Choo shoes, your Michael Kors bags, and your Versace because uh, looks like it's uh, gotten a nice lift here. Congrats it to is, Steve Grasso, yeah. too, who's been all over this. I mean, it has not been good for him with the stock leaking, leaking, leaking. But boom, just in like one day, he's probably going to get most of those losses back here. I mean, unbelievable. Nobody, like you said, Joel, nobody saw this one coming. The stock's near the 52-week low. So they kept this one quiet because sometimes you see these run-ups and then the report happens and you're like, ah, who knew something? In this case, that the stock shows that pretty much nobody knew anything. Um, I think Sean Emery has talked about this one as well uh, in the past. I don't know if he's still in it. I sure hope he is. Uh, you got the 57 Tapestry. Uh, is, is taking a little bit of a hit on this, which uh, usually happens with the acquire, right? Uh, down two bucks here. Ah, uh, man. not see, well, 39 looks like an interesting level to me. Uh, two lows in that area. It's traded below 39. Let's see what happens. Below 39, you're working your way closer to 37. But uh, that's a swing area for TPR. And um, it's, just, it's a shocker. I looked at it, and I'm like, look at that thing. Absolutely um, no one knew about that one. I think it was right on the lows. And right the only on the reason lows. I wanted to be long because <laughs> this theme that we've seen, I, I tweeted this. It's like the SMCI, the bar was so high, there's no way of getting over that. Disney, the bar was so low, which we'll get to. We talk Disney here right now, Mitch, maybe before we get Mish. But the bar was so low that if they said anything even remotely okay, it was going to go up. And Capri, I felt like, was in the same boat. Now, obviously, this has nothing to do with the earnings. But I feel like even if they reported, and I didn't need to even see what the report was, um, I feel like, you know, the stock wouldn't have got killed for the simple reason is that the expectations were just already in the gutter. So did they even report the earnings? They were supposed to report. I and I was saw. looking for sympathy plays. There's no other retail moving off this. This is totally yeah. out of the blue. I don't know if this, you know, I'm it's also a, a luxury schools. goods, right? There's a couple of retailers up, but yeah, nothing's flying. Yep. All right. You want to go to the house of mouse? Sure. Let's go to it. Let's get to Walt Disney here. Q3 EPS at a dollar three beats the 97 cent estimate sales of 22.33 billion missed the 22.48 billion estimate. Disney's Q3 23 parks experience and product revenue was at 8.3 billion segment operating income at 2.4. Disney plus Q3 domestic paid subscribers at 46 million down 1% quarter over quarter. ESPN plus subscribers flat here. Disney to raise on ad free Disney now going towards 1399 per month starting in October's 12th. Also was stated that the cruise ships are at least doing well, so maybe that helps the cruise line today. Uh, Iger said that cruise ships are at 98% occupancy uh, for Q4. I, I mean, I don't know where you guys heard the cruise news from, but Disney, ah. of course, uh, will be also exploring partnerships for ESPN, but will retain control. Disney also said that it will crack down on password sharing following Netflix lead. Now is this the time for Disney to come back? I'm gonna go on. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say I don't think this is it. This is a bad report for me. 
the, the report wasn't good. And he talked about even, you know, um, traffic. I, I believe he talked in uh, uh, you know, travelers, like at the parks and stuff, uh, showing a little bit of, you know, which we had been concerned about, um, showing a slight, you know, not Yeah, softening not, in Central softening Florida tourism. Used, yeah. That's what the way softening that's was, they used. Yep, softening tourism. That doesn't sound good either. There's nothing good in this report. The, the, the simple fact was it was just ex- expectations in the gutter. And the reason it popped was they said the cost-cutting measures were going well. They were above. They thought they were going to be able to cut costs even more. So literally, bought the bots bought the hell out of this stock because not because the company's doing well, because they're cutting costs. I mean, you cut costs when your business is not doing well. That's when you're focusing on that. So I absolutely just think this was a terrible report. Um, it popped. Again, it went to it went to where so it should low. have though. I mean, I talked about this on the closing print. I mean, look at that 85, 85 and a half area. I don't know, Dennis, if it caught your eye at all. But, I mean, you got a, you got a half a dozen lows around the 85 to 85 and a half area. The overshoot uh, took it to 84.63. I don't know what someone's doing buying this at 93, 92.80 afterwards. That's crazy. And it's absolutely yeah. crazy. That's an eight-point move uh, off it. But I'm still just going to keep it simple on this one. I don't know what's going to happen today, tomorrow, the next thing. Uh, 85 is great support. So I don't have a problem if you, you know, you're trying a longer-term trade because it could turn out really well. But when will this hold a 90 bid? You know, not just resistance, not just popping over and closing. Like the buyers, the 85 buyers, are they going to step up to 90? Or are they waiting to buy more at 80? And I don't think this is enough of a good enough report to say, okay, you know, yeah, we got to own this. You know, we got to start our our massive position uh, over 90. So I think patient buyers underneath. And uh, for today's session, uh, 90, 71, 81. That's still two bucks away. That splits a pair of highs from July 13th and 14th. There was also a comment on the dividend. Um, do you have that, Mitch? Because I do believe nah, the dividend. I don't was have the dividend the comment. I don't have the no. There's comment. no imminent date, but I believe um, it was mentioned that they were pushing for the end of this year to reinstate the dividend. That was always the goal. I think it was said. I'm. I'm I didn't listen to the call, so I'm just looking through the highlights. But somebody people are saying that it was said. I'm. I can't confirm that or not. But they're also saying that might be the reason that the stock was really popping too. I think the the stock, at least from what everyone was writing about, was popping based off of the crackdown on password sharing and and the mentions of getting more money from their ad free Disney Plus. They're raising the price. I don't think it was the dividend outlook, but that's just what I would think from they raise the the price to the thirteen ninety five a month. And I don't know what I'm paying right now. It's thirteen ninety nine, and that's the ad yeah, free. I'm going not to talking... cancel. So, so inside scoop here for me, I'm going to cancel my subscription to Disney Plus. It's that bad. The Disney Plus is not worth thirteen ninety nine. Netflix totally worth it. Way more content. There's not enough content there. The content on there is good, but like I said, they don't get new stuff. I already considered canceling it. Disney Plus is an epic disaster. They I could agree. not be doing worse on this. You know, it has no new content. Now you're jacking up the price. I don't like anything about that. So they popped it on. If they're popping off that news, I think it's very ignorant because I think you're going to see people cancel the subscription. It's not like, oh, Netflix, I need this. No, you don't need the Disney Plus. There's not that much to watch on there. The stuff that's on there is pretty good, but there's not enough content. Listen to the show, Iger. 
listen to our show. You're doing it all wrong. You cut back on, you know, putting content on there, not focusing on it. Why would you cut back on content? Netflix, go all in, man. Don't, like, sit around here and, you know, now we're cutting costs. Now we better not. Now, you get two new shows on there a week. There's nothing to watch. Disney Plus is absolute junk. I think the biggest thing is focus on different strategy. Apple TV, I think, is doing it right and getting the right actors and actresses behind their originals that give them the lift. If you go and you see the Apple TV originals, you have some big time actors. That is definitely going to help you out. We can't be focusing so much on kind of just just trying to just get money from your subscribers and not bringing content. If you're not the best of breed in content, you ain't going to survive in this space. Um, another thing that I think Disney is doing completely wrong here is let's just be honest, spin off ESPN, stop exploring partnerships for ESPN. Another thing that they said, they're trying to retain control. And I don't think Disney is ever going to get back to that $200 spot. I mean, it's been cut down here in half. You're back towards 2014 prices. I think Disney is just kind of become kind of a little bit of a. I think we spent way here. too much time on Disney. Well, well right one now. more thing here, just to clarify, and then we're going to go to Mish. Um, but our own Nick Brown here, who's excellent at finding us stuff and digging, he might be the best digger, just coming from him right now. Um, from the CFO on the call, and we're quoting, and to the point, and to that point, as we've mentioned before, we still expect to be in a position to recommend that the board declared a, a, a modest dividend by the end of this calendar year with the intention to recommend increased shareholder returns over time as our earnings and free cash flow power grows. So that's what they said about the dividend. So they're still going to try to give a modest dividend, but they got problems here, man. I just think there's better places for your money. I know it's in the gutter and the valuation. Valuation ain't even cheap because the earnings have come down. No, so it's expat. Yeah. Exactly. Well, the earnings have come down so much. If they get back to where they were, it'll look relatively. They need cheap, something else. I mean, they tried that pen thing. They tried the pen thing, the gaming thing. There's just like, there's got to be something else. Another, another, something else. Another catch, you know, something else to, to another catalyst for the stock. But uh, let's bring on Mish. All right. Good morning. Good morning. We're at Meech Schneider from Market Gauge. Always giving us uh, great information on the markets. And we're not going to ask you about Disney World, okay? <laughs> so, uh, let's, I mean, the market's at a really interesting point here, uh, coming up with the CPI number. Uh, we've had some declines, and, but still the buy the dippers are out there. You just can't kill this market mentality, Mish. What a, what's uh, your take on really the bid down in the S&P six out of the last seven sessions? Well, the big down, but really, if you think about it, about a five or six percent correction is really kind of normal uh, in any market, uh, certainly in a bull market. And as much as I hate to label the market bull or bear, I kind of like to think about it from the first six months to what's going to happen in the next six months. And I don't know if we necessarily have all that information yet. So right now, the market is still living on the fact that it's absorbed every single bad news, right, that can be thrown at it. Um, And people still want to be invested in the market. The retail space is heavily invested. And then you have your perma bears out there who keep scratching their heads going, this can't be, this can't be, nothing makes sense. 
So this has been a year where price proves out to be the most and only important thing. And all of the analysis and what if, and if this, then that, you could throw that out the window. I mean, that's really, I think the bottom line, of course I have my own analysis, but I'm not really going to make a move unless I th see things set up well. And that's kind of how it goes. So first six months, right? Growth, tech, all of that was the big thing. And the next six months, my prediction I, already, we see oil and gas going up. And I think we may have talked about that last time. I had already gotten into oil. We've gotten into gas. So that energy space is big. I think other commodities could start booming a little bit more as people got too complacent on inflation. And I think that growth will mute more, um, not necessarily crash. And we may see more value type plays coming in as people start to switch from, yeah. hey, we just want to spend money all the time to maybe we should just spend money more on what we need. From the per, I mean, I don't really see how you could be a perma bear because there's so many sectors that are doing well. You know, the housing sector, uh, the industrials, uh, Caterpillar, I think was up six, seven points yesterday. So there's always this rotation going on. Well, yeah, maybe we're coming out of this, but we're going into this. So, I mean, it's just not, it's just not a, uh, a sell everything market. Uh, but uh, what do you, is there any, any sectors like Dennis, uh, you know, tried a, a trade on Capri last night ahead of the earnings. I don't know if you hold that, but. Like, is there anything waiting to go that, that, that really hasn't that you're keeping an eye on? Well, I do believe that there are still some industrial type materials that are lagging behind all the money that's being spent by the government to support manufacturing in the United States. What I've been sort of affectionately calling the things that make the things that make the things. So that's really where we've been looking at, which includes some base materials like metals, like steel, which has gone down a little bit um, because of China. But nonetheless, people need steel, they need copper. Um, I think some companies like Dow Chemical and International Paper, these all these companies, we actually are long a few of them, Chemors, these are the things that actually make the nuts and the bolts that will go into all of this manufacturing. I mean, this CHIPS Act, obviously, Chemors is a kind of an important little company that nobody really knows about because it makes the coating that goes on every chip. And they really, have, yeah, and they have all it's like a Teflon coating, but it's not Teflon. What's That's the symbol on that, Mish? CC. And if you take a look at it, I mean, it's not a bad looking chart, but it's certainly compared to something like NVIDIA that obviously if all chips use them, and I did some research on that, why isn't that company at $60? You have to wonder, it's a trading at like 34, 35, 36, I think maybe coming in today around 37. And, and so that's, that's really where we're starting to put some money to work um, in terms of the discretionary, in terms of the actual um, quant models, I mean, they, they got into oil, but they're late behind me as a discretionary trader, but they're still in NVIDIA and Meta and semiconductors. You know, a lot of the holdings that we had had, uh, a couple of things got a little bit more chopped up in this churn. But yeah, I mean, at this point, it seems like if you really want to think about where the areas of growth are for the next six months, particularly as we're going to go into an election year, and this economy has to grow in order to get Biden back into office, which clearly is what people are in his administration are going to push for. What's his big thing? 
inflation reduction, well, we still have high inflation, but he's going to want to put all that money to work that he can in manufacturing industrial so that we in this anti-globalist world that we've been evolving into become more self-sufficient and less dependent on China, which of course is why they're now forbidding uh, tech investments in China. So yeah, that's that's kind of what we're looking at right now. Uh, and and I, I still like gold. I, I still do. I, I think it's sold off, but hasn't been killed or anything. And eventually uh, people will realize that it's, it's, it is a safety play and a place to go. But certain things have to happen first and they haven't happened yet. Let's Mish, um, what are your thoughts here on this recent pullback in the market? So obviously, you know, you were talking about this move to value, which oil's had a pretty good oil stocks had a pretty good week or two. But this pullback in some of the you know major tech components like Microsoft is down 40 points in three weeks. We've got Apple trading down about 15 points in the last six trading sessions. Um, do you think like the money's just going to fly back into this or is this something, you know, this rotation going to last and we're going to start, you know, continuing just to see maybe the mega cap tech take a back seat to value in the second half or does it, the money just flow back into these stocks? Both, if that's an both. answer. Yeah, well, well, both. yeah but, well, you can have both. It's just that the velocity of how much money comes back and how much they actually go up from support levels, I think will be key. Um, so, for example, let's take Microsoft. So, you know, if you're looking at Microsoft at around 300, right? Let's see. No, three and a quarter. Right. Three and a quarter. Three and a quarter, right? To me, um, if you were first getting into Microsoft at 350, 360, 370, I mean, you had to realize that things were a little bloated at that point, and the rotation was happening. This is why the retail investors are doing so much better than the big hedge funds because they're watching for this rotation. But if Microsoft gets down to 300, it could sit there and it could trade between three and three and a quarter or three, even three and 350 and hang out there while other things, as you mentioned, Dennis, rotate and continue to go up based on whatever the headlines are and what the needs are. So right now we're seeing energy and there's some real reasons for the energy markets to go up. And natural gas, which I mentioned in the very beginning, right now, last year, Europe got a pass. They had a very mild winter. And now we can see that that may not necessarily be the case because of the, the whole Nina, Nino weather patterns. But besides that, we all, I also read um, Chai Girl put something out this morning about Germany and low supply. So we still have supply chain. So to me, these big growth stocks, they're not going to crash, but they may not necessarily be the fun that they were from January to July. And, and by the way, that's evidenced by the six month calendar range that we like to use that resets in January and resets in July. In January, Q's, SPIs, all these stocks, they blew out of their six month calendar range high. And that's why one of the reasons why we had this huge rally up. Now, here we are in July, they're under their six month calendar range high. They have not broken their six month calendar range low. If they do, I probably would get a little bit more negative in the growth. But what has bursted out is a lot of these commodities and definitely most things in the energy space, including natural gas. So that's how I'm looking at the growth area. I mean, AI, is it going to go away? No. But did it get too much 
fun at the party? Yeah. They're having a bit of a hangover. Yeah. Does that mean count them out? No, but that may not necessarily be the big place to put money for the next six months. I'll keep calling it. I'm waiting for them to show me the money I've been saying, but one thing that I'm definitely looking at, and you just pointed to some of the areas, especially in energy, I'm starting to see coal uptick here. And uh, that's a definitely a good one to catch stocks like AMR, BTU. Okay. Um, Mitch, we got CPI here coming oh, in 30 it? seconds. Oh, uh, oh my God. <laughs> too quickly, too quickly. Oh, wait, here. I'll have a sip of coffee. Yeah, right, so yeah. You get to sit through this one. Uh, at, um, I think we did this with uh, with Blue. Uh, we're just going to the one-minute chart here. And uh, pre-market highs, 45.16. Uh, pre-market low, 92.75. Trading up near the highs of the pre-market session. Uh, if they really like this number, maybe get to the 45.40 area. There's uh, three highs in that area. If they don't like the report, I'm looking for the parallels at the 4480 area, or we could just chop around and see. All right. Remember expectations. There you go. Expectations year over year, 3.3, month over month, 0.2. Let's see what happens when we get this number. What did the chat say? I had asked them. Let's see what the bets They were. like it. The they like it. Hot. The bets were hot, at least from the chat. We'll see what happens there. Let's see. I'm, I'm looking on my on my all right X here we app. are we're getting core cpi month over month at 0.2 versus 0.2 estimate right on the dot Nine. there year over year at 3.2 versus 3.3 actually coming in light so you guys in the chat you were wrong <laughs> <laughs> it happens man it happens to us all we all get it wrong sometimes u.s initial jobless claims 248,000 versus 230,000 estimate so jobless claims getting a little bit of a spike there core cpi also coming in light at 4.7 versus 4.8 we're definitely going to be taking a look inside the cpi report i will look into the report right now to see what's standing out to us is it services energy of course everyone was looking for oil to create a spike here on the cpi report so let's see what we look inside we do get we're getting a spike uh really no reaction down in the market to pre-market traders uh bidding it up since that open uh last night uh pre-market high really in no man's land here at a 45 in in a quarter that's your pre-market high i think with uh just uh going with the recent price action i think this is a big day for the bulls here uh, cause you came down under 4,500, you put a pair of lows in at the same area and you're trying to rebound. Now, as Dennis mentioned earlier, we've had, we've had these pops, uh, but you know, we've given them back. So is this enough to turn the tide to, you know, turn some of the sellers on straight that'd be a little bit more aggressive buyer. Well, that we've had some aggressive buying. We've had some nice bounces off the lows. So, um, Mish, what are you, uh, looking at the information here? Is this enough just to get the rah, rah, buy everything mentality back into the market? Well, I don't know about buy everything. And again, let's go back to that July range because it's so important. And the, believe it or not, the closest index to breaking out of it right now, besides the Dow, uh, is the Russell 2000. Um, and we're just about a dollar shy of that right now. So looking at IWM, Qs and SPIs are pretty far from those highs. So Qs mm -hmm. would have to go back through 384 and SPIs would have to go back to like 460. 
So IWM is right there. This is exactly why I believe that the CPI numbers, eh, we didn't expect them to be that hot this month because this huge, big run that we've had in the oil really uh -huh. has happened over the course of the last six weeks, yep. but it may not be reflected in the CPI until next month. So I yep. think that, that could be the hotter yep. month. So I'm not surprised at this, but I would say this would be a good opportunity maybe to see another run for those highs, but they may or may not clear while the Russells might. And that completely is why I'm thinking that this could be the next six months of things over, pa I mean, paper over things, number one, and number, and we saw that certainly with Apple. And number two is that I think that some of this other stuff is kind of tired and had its run where mm -hmm. there's a lot of opportunity in terms of the infrastructure, because that's what the government's going to push, push, push. And let's not get too complacent with inflation, even food inflation, because there's still a war. As far as I know, there's still a war. And interestingly, all of a sudden, these silos around the world, have you read that story, have been blowing up? There was Turkey, uh, and then there was another country, I forget which one, and then today, France. So is that some kind of weird food terrorism? I mean, there's stuff still under the radar that tells me I still think inflation is going to come back, mm -hmm. um, maybe, maybe not to the point that we saw in June 2022, maybe even worse. We don't know. So, yeah, I'd say enjoy this rally right now, but don't look necessarily for new highs. In the there's a fade. There's a fade going on right, right, right now as we speak. We are 15 handles off the highs. So it just feels like there's just like some the overhead supply is just a little bit bigger than the uh, the underneath demand. But as I said, I think it's you know you have the technicals. You don't have uh, very often. You have two highs basically three highs in the same area in the S&P, and then uh, basically two lows at the 4480 area. And it's been nothing but uh, chop in that area over the last couple of days. I think it's August, to... but it's yep. also August. I mean, that's the other thing is this is the first August I've actually ever been here. I've always gone away in August, and I've always been happy that I've done that. And this year, uh, we really we're not doing that for other reasons. Have nothing to do with the market. Um, our vacation will be later on in the year, but still, it's August, and so people are gone. And um, I, I think you have to make sure that you understand that the volatility is going to be low. The volume is going to be low. But like I said, watch. And I would even guarantee that the Russells could get back up through the 194.30 level. And I'm using IWM quotes, not actual cash quotes. All but right. So I've, go ahead. I've, I've taken a deeper look inside of here and trying to point out to what actually contributed to the rise, right? Shelter index contributed 90% of the rise. Food index up 0.2%. So food and shelter staying up, right? And now if we're going to start worrying about energy, that's where really concerns can come in. But definitely shelter, motor vehicle insurance, education, and recreation increased here. Energy was slightly up. It wasn't a major jump there. Um, so keep your eyes on that. Energy index increased 0.1% here on this reading. And then when we look a little bit deeper, food index is up here. Energy is starting to get the move. Natural gas is actually starting to fall on this report. Natural gas actually jumping in the future. So next report, what will that show up for natural gas is something to start thinking ahead of airline fares 
came down and used cars decreased. I actually have an image that I wanted to talk about that with, and I'll give a shout out to Reuters, Amanda Cooper, uh, on this, and you can see how used cars prices have really started to come down this year. So that's actually helping CPI. So there's a couple of things that we just got to keep watch. The sticky, sticky shelter, of course, not coming down. And then will energy increase on the next reading? Of course, we'll be paying attention now to Jackson Hole. Um, that's going to be uh, August 23rd, if I'm to be correct there. Um, so we'll be paying attention from comments, of course, Jerome Powell at Jackson Hole. And, and look how wrong people were about a housing crash, Mitch. I mean, oh, I, I was one of those. Don't worry, I was one of those. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 logically, I we never thought there could be one because nobody wants to sell their house who has a mortgage under four percent. Why would they? Which means that there's still a shortage of inventory, and you know, people who could afford to pay for houses in cash and rentals which also have also been, as you just mentioned, really high, would also keep anybody who could potentially afford to buy a home more in the home market. And, you know, I'm an old timer, right? And I don't even like to call myself that. But I know that seven to seven and a half percent mortgage rates are five to seven percent is pretty much the average. And the generation that grew up with rates under four percent didn't realize that, oh, wow, rates could go up. Gift. Absolute, <laughs> absolute, absolute gift for people that did that. Okay, Mish, this has uh, been a really nice and long segment here. Uh, I think you were on for one of our other numbers, and I cut you off, and I got all kinds of flack for that. Uh, but we, we, kept, we, we kept you on today. Uh, Mish Snyder, Market Gauge, giving us a... Just calm, cool, and collected perspective on the markets. We'll be dialing you up real, real soon. Thanks again, Mish. Thanks, Joel. Thanks, Mitch and Dennis. Nice to be here. Always good. All right. Definitely check out marketgauge.com team. Let's get back to the markets. And Joel, did we just pop and drop? What are we doing, man? Uh, yeah. You know what I you know what I like to do? I'll give a little trick here. Um, <laughs> what I like to do on days like this, you know, because it really uh, I haven't hit a good level on the upside and I really haven't hit a good level on the downside. So, uh, you know, looking at the 50 percent retracement on the day is very important. That's 4509 as we speak. But I also like to see where we were at before the number. And the number before the number, we were eight and a quarter, right? And we're coming on that area. So if this is the bullish report that, you know, is going to reunite this market, then I see us. But we've been leaking, you know, so far. It's been a trading range, kind of down to the 4580 level. But uh, Triple D, uh, do we got him back with us here? Uh, I'm back. Yeah. We popped and then we dropped. I mean, again, this same story is in this market here. And it's sell the rip. It's two weeks of sell the rip. It is working continuously. We ripped on that number because you know what? It's not hot. It's not hot. And you know what, though? And nobody really expected it to be hot. So we are leaking here substantially right now. Yep. Again, I think in this market, you've got to take the profit. You're a bull. you got to take the profits while you got them or the market's going to take them for you. We are not in Kansas anymore. We're mm -hmm. not in this relentless, you know, we buy the stock and it goes up 10% today and then 10% tomorrow and then 10% the next day. We're yep. just not there anymore. And I think the pattern is very clear. Every time we've had these rallies in the last two weeks, they're being met with more sellers. We've now built overhead supply 
You have the hopes and dreams traders, you know, just like your NVIDIA yesterday, Mitch. You know, we're talking like, when is this going to break? And I was like, <laughs> I'm shocked. It's not breaking on an SMCI because these are the two AI stocks. We, we and were looking you know for what? it, man. That day, NVIDIA lost 20 bucks. So, <laughs> I mean, it just took that. It takes investors time to think of it. We think of it early. What's our job it's on pre-market prep is to try to think of these ideas early. And oh boy, we're falling. Look out, Loretta. Well, we're gonna it. go. Yeah, know? it's a fake out to the upside, it seems like, because at least that, for the numbers all we've had. That's all we've it, had these last a lot the of last fake two outs. Weeks, it's all been fake outs to the upside. Pre-market, it goes all the way up and then comes back down in the market. You know what I mean? If we're going straight down in the pre-market, we've gone straight up at the open, right? So it seems like you know, you got to be careful for that complete like topping in pre-market. And I've been seeing a lot of fake outs also at the gates where traders get caught on one minute moves up. And then the next, you look at the five minute and it's just a big wick, red bar down. So just be careful with those moves out the gates here. Um, now I think we need to just kind of take a look to see when do we actually get the correction that we're looking for, right? I think we're yeah, definitely well, in I correction just, mode. I, I want to throw something in here. What, me what are said, some levels? Uh, about uh, going away from the levels, but... When did this rally in crude take place, right? It took exactly. place took late. later in the month and early this month. So that's not reflected it. I, I know I know Natty Gas has moved up too. So we know the lagging effect of these numbers, but uh I don't think this is anything uh you know to you know the Fed's not gonna flinch off this. This is like I think they still may go a quarter. I mean, I, I think they're still uh, staying with uh, you know the path that they're on, but uh, boy oh boy, we are losing altitude here. The pre-market low comes at uh, 44.92.75. So, thought we would hold up here a little bit longer. Dennis, did you see any particular? I mean, they, they bought they... everything, and then they're like, "Uh oh, the algos were wrong again here, folks." <laughs> and these algos. Same story. Like we cannot hold gains. We have changed. Buy, sell the rip is working better. Listen to this. Sell the rip is working better right now than buy the dip did all year. Sell the rip is Ooh. actually working better than buy the dip did all year. I'm not joking. It's like everything that's ripping up is getting sold. Pen, look at Pen yesterday. Oh, give it dollars. Boom! Now it gets oh. downgrade. It's gonna give it all back. You know, you I'm ready for it. You know, coming down here, maybe get this at 26. You get the yeah, you know my level, money. Dennis. 26, baby. Come to me, Penn. I'd wait to get it. Like you get it down to 24, I think. I'm still long it, you know, in the long-term portfolio, which has oh, been I'm a disaster. But nothing holds. The gains aren't holding. And and to Mish's point, there is some value stocks. Oil's holding up well. There is a few things holding. Energy, but baby. this, like, AI <laughs> bubble... That's why I'm in XOM. <laughs> the AI bubble, it isn't about the AI bubble. When is it going to burst? It burst last week. It's uh, it, The AI bubble is now burst. Now, I think the AI is real. I think it's going to come back. Let's uh, talk about that. I'm telling you, man, we were way overbought on all these stocks. You saw what happened with SMCI. And if you're sitting in an AI stock, you must be like, I don't want to get SMCI. I don't want to get super microcomputer. <laughs> No, don't and, even you know, look at those two. Look at box basically in a day, giving back a month of gains in one day, giving back almost you know a third of the move, over a third of the move in one day. And you think like, nah, I'm like, I don't want to own my NVIDIA. And that's why NVIDIA started getting sold. And there's so many other ones. It's why we've been raising cash. You know, I've been doing that for a while. I did buy some stocks, but look what I bought yesterday in the long-term account, Enbridge. Kramer's been tooting its horn, but I've liked Enbridge. I have, you know, multiple, you know, properties where 
I pay Enbridge every month, a natural gas provider in Canada, biggest one. So 7% dividend. That's defense, folks. That's a defensive stock. It's you know a stock that can actually hold on or even trade up in it if the market starts to get ugly. So Enbridge. I but did buy American Airlines, which was an aggressive one. But uh, again, you know, I still think there's something where the consumer might still be doing stuff that might want the Enbridge. I feel pretty good on the Enbridge. I took a big position on, so I feel pretty good on that one. But it's tough, man. It's tough to just keep on the bull train. It's been going for seven months. What do you guys let's, want? It's been let's an take incredible a look at the, year. I know. Book uh, the yeah, games. On the, on the rallies, what what is happening? Money managers are booking the gains on the rallies because they don't want those gains to go away. There's a little bit of fear out there all of a sudden. And maybe we just go back into this market where we just relentlessly buy everything. But, you know, you see a stock like Upstart, UPST, $71 a week ago. This Two thing, for one. We're squeezing them all. We're squeezing them all. We're going to 100 Well, you know what? When squeezes end, they end quickly. Boom, down 10%. Boom, down 12%. Boom, down 10%. Boom, down like 25% yesterday. Those are consecutive losses. 10, 10. Buy the dip on Upstart. People ruined on that. It's $34. It just gave back over half of the two-month incredible 700% gain in a week. That turns people off, man. There is overhead supply here now. Let's look at the original AI stock, right? C3 AI. That was the first one that actually really started getting moving because it had the ticker AI and look at it now in the last three to four days. Trend starting to leak and it looks like it's ready to fall off a cliff. It's, it it it's, has already it's, fallen off a cliff. It's not it's just, uh, absurd to think that this thing could be a $20 stock again. It's not absurd to think that. Now, I think there is going to be some buys in here. You know, part of me thinks even on the super microcomputer, like the PE is not crazy on this one. You know, you look at it, it's like trading like 20 times earnings. It's not crazy. I don't know. Like, again, the earnings, you know, maybe they're fluffed up right now. It's not going to continue. So there is going to be some buys here, but I'm not buying upstarts. I'm not going and buying AI because it has a cool ticker symbol. You want to buy good companies at reasonable valuations. So that's what, get your shopping list ready. Todd Gordon tweeting at me this morning. He's got a shopping list going. I have a shopping list going too. Enbridge was on my shopping list. I had it in my long-term portfolio for a long time. It is now 10 bucks off the high. Jim Kramer, you know, is not always right, not always wrong, but I think dividend. he might be right on this one. And he's dividend really on this one. Warm. Nice dividend on this one, right? It's a nice dividend. And you know what? This isn't like, oh, it's Enbridge. It's 7.29%. It's like, oh, they think they're going to cut the dividend. This is not an AT&T dividend. This is one of your major utility companies, if not the biggest one in Canada. Yeah, well, huge. yeah, I, 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 I don't just, think the dividend's getting cut here. I I'll think you, you got seven percent. I, I think you have another involved. worry with with Enbridge, and the reason the reason I I, I won't invest in it is Why? because uh, um, I'm worried about that pipeline um, under uh, the floor bed in uh, Lake Superior. That thing's old, and it needs to be repaired, and they're really not taking care of it. So You're I worried think one. Yeah, so I think one day, you know, if something happens with that, you're going to wake up and that thing's going to be at like 15 bucks, 20 bucks. And that's, and you're entitled. I don't think that's going to be the case. I don't think that's even on investors' mind. It's not on my mind right now. Maybe you're right. Okay, I'm just pointing it out. uh, So so there's always a risk. So maybe that's the risk. Maybe that's why it's trading at 7% here. But I'm not concerned about that. Joel may be right, but I've been in. Oh, I mean, it's just. just, How long have we known about that pipeline issue? Long time. And I mean, Enbridge is, you know, 
not really. It's a big not... fight here in Michigan. But uh, anyways, I mean, that's something that, you know, you can't protect. Let's do some let's do some more earnings reports here because uh, let's bring um, it back. I got you. Yeah. Let's Baba. Go. What about Baba? Let's talk China. You want to do Baba? All right. Let's take a look at Baba's uh, Q1 adjusted EPS at 240s here. Beat the 202 estimate. Sales at 32.29 billion. Beat the 31.2 billion estimate. Alibaba's cloud Q1 revenue at 3.465 billion grew 4% year over year. Um, I, I've mentioned with ba with Baba, it's just going to be all about the China and what do they want to do on stimulus? Are they actually going to stimulate the economy or not? I think that's what you need to be looking for. Nice pop off it. You know, it's still that $100 mark, that century mark is still big. And you when know, the I hell does Baba miss earnings? <laughs> I don't know. And again, depends who you does don't your see numbers. a lot of these China stocks miss earnings. It's not that they're all cooking the books, but we know the accounting methodologies over there are quite different than they are in North America. So, I mean, if you think Bob was going to miss earnings, I don't. Mitch, can you go research that? You know, I got it right here. Has Bob ever missed earnings? Uh, yeah, they missed it three times. I have my uh, let me uh, get my stream yard up here. Let me show the, the right. Uh, I'll show you. I'll show you one second here. I got it up here. Um, and well, why is it? Oh, I gotta, I gotta move the screen. Hold on one second. All right, let me know if you want me to do it. Charles. I got it. I got it. Sharing the right screen now. There's there we Baba. go. We got it. Yep, they missed three times. They missed uh, Q2 in 2021. They were flat. And then they missed in uh, Q4 of 2017. And then they missed big on their first report. But that was the first report. There, there hasn't been a lot of misses for Alibaba. It's a history of beating earnings. And maybe it's the company's awesome. Maybe it's whatever else happens over there. But I tell you, you know, this investors, they take it at face value. Probably should have just bought Bob ahead of the report because they were going to beat. Yeah, revenue. Uh, the revenue has been a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit less impressive, but uh, it has uh, been doing okay for the last three quarters. And uh, the price action uh, up four fifteen. Also, they've uh, they eased uh, travel restrictions um, in China, so that's giving a, a little extra boost uh, to the FXI and some of the Chinese stocks. All right, let's move We're forward. Shopping, to... we bounce back here. There's I know it's a battle. Here. It's a battle royale, man. I'm telling you, it's a I battle. I like Misha's. I like Misha's strategies here. I think you're buying value on dips. I feel like Enbridge's value. I feel like there's other stocks. I bought some lithium. I feel like there's some value in the lithium company. So I don't think that story's going away. I mean, look at the LTHM pullback. This one from 29 back to, and gave it all back. My like, problem with these, Dennis. Support. Then my problem with these is just look at EVs. They usually run with Tesla runs. And I've seen this on the chart countless times. Tesla's on the downside action. Lithium names on the downside action. But these things are trading 9, 10, 11 times earnings. No, you're, you're completely right on the valuation outlook. But I don't think now is the time just because of story. I, I feel like now is the time because they just pulled back to support. I mean, the ALB was a blowout quarter. I'm long it already, but holy, 250 down to 195. I feel like you're getting a shot back here at 180. I don't think the lithium story is going away. So I'm not talking trading here. Take the trading hat, throw it away mm -hmm. on this conversation. Yeah, we're talking more investing. I'm talking long-term investments. I didn't buy lithium in my trading account. I didn't buy ALB in my trading account. I put them both in the long-term investing account. 
because I feel like there's good value here. And are we going to be talking about lithium five years from now? Do you think? Do you think 100%. there might be an outside chance that we might be talking about lithium five years from now? I kind of think so. So I think you're getting these at ridiculously reasonable valuations. I can't blame you for that outlook. Definitely long-term, I'm still all for lithium, but just got to, it's all about time. Yeah, you right? may get it cheaper, investing. maybe it gets down to the 20, but it's, the thing was timing. at $29, $29 two weeks ago. So you just had a 20% haircut. What I was talking about with the investing hat, investing hat, buying good companies at reasonable valuations on this pullback. Enbridge, lithium, both fit that bill. Not buying upstart. I don't buy zombie companies that are all, you know, fairy tales and, you know, caviar dreams here. No, we're talking about real companies that are actually making real dollars. So that's what my portfolio is full of. You know, PXD, I took a lot of heat on that one. It's working out pretty well here right now. So yeah. buying good companies at reasonable valuations, that's how you do it in the long run. That's how Warren Buffett has been the best investor that's how for do it. his yep. 93 years of life. That's how you do it. Did you see? Oh, oh, just interesting that you bring that up. Look at that. When I three hundred and sixty dollars stock, you got. I wonder if that's Warren himself selling out there at three sixty four and change. Look at that. Three highs in a row. Sixty four, sixty three, sixty four and a quarter, and sixty four forty three. So man, you got better take that. I think you have to uh, find uh, a way to get above that level doing really well after earnings, right? Uh, over the weekend, but a nice formation, old time closing high for Warren. That's what I'd be keeping an eye on today. And that was the close on Tuesday, 63.73. All right, let's move towards one that I always thought I was like, there's no reason for this to run guys. Come on. Fuel cells way behind plug power. Q2 EPS at a loss of 40 cents misses the loss of 26 cent estimate. Sales of 260.18 million beat the 242.24 million estimate. They reaffirmed fiscal 23 uh, revenue. But like I said, guys, I, I, every time this stock pops, it comes right back down. Has Plug Power ever made money? <laughs> no, I don't think they have. Have they I ever? Joel, go to your Benzinga Pro and do that Let's history do thing again. Has okay. Plug Power ever made money? Any quarter, the, like even a penny. Have they made money ever? No. <laughs> I can go. tell you that right now. No. Here we go. Why in the hell am I investing in something that's been around for 20 years and still has never made any money? Why am I investing in that? I'll trade it. It's a story. You know, sometimes it's a story. But why invest in this? No, look back. 22. Let's go back to like 2013. It looks like a there's a positive one there. Is that right? Was there 22 cents a positive? No, maybe not. No, 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 man. They've There's never no... made money. How many years has this company existed? We were talking about this Since in the 2012. Since 2012. No, farther. farther. I guarantee it's farther. Uh, let me I see on the monthly on my rate. Oh, yeah. Say. I have it going back to like 99, 2000. It's been around the earnings there. 25 years of existence. <laughs> Company has never figured out how to make one dollar. Guys, got to see this chart. If this they chart can't figure ridiculous. it out in twenty-five years, why am I putting my real money into this money-burning machine? No, holy thank crap, you. man. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. I, I just, there's just no point. Like, there's so many other stocks to look at here. Um, I, I, 
I don't even know how you look at this stock with that chart. No, like why? If you were L and E and you think yeah, the fuel cell is going to be the future, I tell you, I'm pretty confident lithium is going to be involved in most of these EVs going forward. You yeah, lithium is going to come in 11, 12, 10 times earnings. One thing that I've stated this, and I've stated this multiple times, fuel cell is still more expensive than diesel. Why on earth are we going to switch to it if it's more expensive than diesel? It just doesn't make any sense there. Right, lithium at oh. least makes sense in the future. Fuel cell still doesn't. It is going to be in the long run. I think they'll get it to che cheaper than diesel, but right now it's not. All right, let's keep going. Let's get out of plug powers. Let's go to the casinos. Let's go to Winds Resorts as they got Q2 adjusted EPS at 91 cents, beats the 59 cent estimate. Sales of 1.6 billion beat the 1.54 billion estimate. They did say that Q2 results reflect continued strength in North America and Macau. Mm. And we've been seeing travel restrictions loosen in China. Will win bounce back here? Maybe. I, I'm torn on this one. There, it, I would throw into the value camp. It's just run so far from where it was in October back in $60, $70. I mean, in long run, this has been just a terrible investment too. I mean, they just haven't figured it out. You can look. We we're two hundred dollars back in twenty eighteen, but I think we were even higher than that if we go further back. Yeah, we were over two forty, and then, when was that, uh, Joel? That that was in uh, early two. Yeah, you had a then, decade um, of lost money here. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of torn. People still doing stuff. I think the casinos. I could get talked into it, but I'm too much on the fence to make a decision on it. Uh, it then it got wind in two thousand eighteen. Remember that. Uh, that whole thing with the uh, sexual harassment. Yeah, and, Steve Wynn, uh, yeah. yeah, go down to the COVID low. Uh, boy, I'll tell you, it's it's tight. And it's been tight for several months here. Uh, 117 is uh, a triple top uh, on the monthlies. That's not going to do you any good today. And then there's just real good support. I'll call it 97. That splits, you know, so that's been the bottom of the trading range. Uh, I think what, uh, and I don't, I don't follow him and I don't know how much he's done, but uh, when, who's that guy that owns the um, uh, Tillman for Todd? He owns the uh, Rockets. He is the one that got this thing jump-started. I think is Fertitta. When he saw, if I owned it, yeah, he did this in the middle of last year. He loaded up on this. So when Tilbert, uh, if I was in it, I would try and find his holdings or his Twitter feed. He bought it good. If he sells it, I'd sell it. But right now, just in a trading range and kind of the lower end of the trading range. S&P's bouncing right back here. It's going to be a battle of the bulls and the bears today. Uh, it's that little dip under 4,500 was bought. So uh, don't know if PPI is going to shake things up that much tomorrow. Uh, but man, let's uh, let's do more. Let's do app loving because that's a stock that uh, 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 Michael Pactor's pounded the table on. And uh, boy, that's having a huge move. All right. I was not paying attention to app loving, but Joe caught me by surprise here. Let's take a look here. <laughs> Because I don't think I look at app loving at all, but all right. Q2 EPS here, 22 cents beats the seven cent estimate. Sales of 750.16 million beats the 724.27 million. Uh, and then you look at Q2 revenue outlook. It's not looking too bad here. Pretty good outlook here. 780 million on the low end, 800 million on the high end versus a 741 0.41 million estimates so definitely getting a lift higher and i love the headlines out there even by benzinga <laughs> whooshing higher 
on AI-driven earnings beats. Swoosh is higher. Who wrote that one? I, like I don't know, man, but I even got to call us out when we do shit like that. Come on, man. <laughs> I like the swoosh is higher. I never heard that before. Swoosh is higher. It would be good for Nike. What would save that one for Nike baby. next time, guys? <laughs> Nike earnings. I want to see yeah, Nike swoosh is higher. Save that one for Nike next time. Snooze desk got uh, 40 50. No, they're not. No, don't say they're awesome. <laughs> uh, 40 our, our, desk, our desk is really good. The news desk is really good. We've got some great guys on there rocking it out here all the time they don't pick on them for the swoosh thing they're they're okay. solid i wasn't you guys did 4056 <laughs> was your august high in 2022 right now someone's has a little bit of a opinion at 38 dollars uh that's been the high of the pre-market session so uh folks i'm gonna uh i'm gonna leave you now there there'll be uh no pre-market prep plus today or tomorrow or no closing print for those two days either uh keep an eye on the the, the outer ranges i gave you the the three highs in the s p's at uh 4540 area that's just that bulls need to bust us through there and uh for right now on the downside if you want to keep a uber bullish tone you can say hey we made a double bottom at the 4480 area, and that's just going to propel us right back up to the 4600 area. So, uh, great show today, a lot of fun, and uh, I'll be back with you guys. Um, well, tomorrow morning, I'll be there for the PPI. Go get them, everybody. All right, we'll see what happens there. And uh, I did see on App Levin's report there, I was taking a look to see if they actually gave me AI revenue. No. Show me the money. I'll say it once more. It's and, all talk, 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 talk. I'll show you it. Uh, they're Nick saying Brown has confirmed, our own Nick Brown has confirmed that on the Disney call, AI was not said once. <laughs> not, not a good thing. AI, I think Disney could be an AI play. They need me to run Disney. If they fire Iger and hire <laughs> me to run Disney, I think I could turn this whole thing around. One, I'd be putting new content on that Disney Plus. Stu, I'd be talking about AI on the conference call. I would not not say it zero times. I would say it a lot of times because you know what? We're going to bring the AI experience to your room through Disney+. Plus. You don't have to even go to the park if you don't want to go to the park. We're bringing it right to you right now. You want to ride that roller coaster? Let's ride it right here in your room. That sounds exciting. Come on, Iger. Hire me. I'll turn this company around. Right? Just team up with Apple for their Vision Pro. Give me every ride on Disney on the Vision Pro. It'd be fun, Ooh. man. I guess maybe Ooh. they think it's going to cannibalize their own park sales. So there's that issue, I guess. But <laughs> uh, well, yeah, you can ride. You can ride all the rides for like thirty bucks from your. And now nobody goes to the parks. It's like Dennis, that was not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> All well, right. we'll see what happens with Disney today, of course. And uh, we'll be watching, of course, mainly. Uh, I, I'm going to be watching stocks, of course, like the tech names. We'll see what happens if we start getting some bounce today. Are we still leaking here? Let me see. Getting a little bit of a bounce there. Now we're back up to 449. So it seems like it's going to be a mixed day. At least I feel like. I think you might see up and down action. This uh, but we'll be see a what happens. Day. Yep, I'm yeah. with you, Mitch. I think chop, it's going to be a chop. choppy day. I think we're going to continue to have a choppy month. I mean, we're getting out of yeah. the major earnings season. I know it was like 2,000 companies that reported this week, but you know, 1,800 of people you know really hadn't even heard of. So there wasn't a lot of huge names out there. And as we continue here, I think you're going to get into a little bit more of a quiet period in the back half of August. 
We've now got the yeah. CPI behind us here. What's the major earnings docket next week? Have you looked yet? Have you looked ahead? Next week, next there's week? not much. It's going to be the following week with NVIDIA. That's what so I, what's that's next what I week? see. Is there anything cool next week? I got to go look. Is there anything cool next yeah, week? Yeah, I'll I, take I'll a look, look I typically there. look on Thursday into the next week. And then, you know, and then I start positioning myself because, you know, I like to own their companies ahead of the reports. Although that strategy hasn't been working that well because too many dang companies uh, didn't hit on their earnings. So not a lot of companies reporting next week. I'm looking Mondays like crickets, Tuesday, Home Depot, oh, start a retailer and things. And JD.com is there. Wednesday, Cisco, Target, Deer, Wolf, Steve, Wolf, Wolf. Cisco, yeah, Cisco's an interesting one. Definitely. There's Walmart. Walmart's been doing really well. It had a 52 yeah. week high, I feel, yesterday. Just, had, just went ex dividend, too, I think, last night. Applied materials. Friday's deer. Oh, deer. And PAN. Deer has been doing well. Well, that's another area to maybe look at today, right? If we're looking for lower PE names, I've been watching the XLI. It's starting to get a bounce already. I like names like even Boeing. Boeing has been getting hot as of late. What do you think about Boeing's chart lately? This has been pretty Hold strong. Up. You mean I bought a American Airlines, so it's kind of like Owen Boeing, same type yeah. of thing. So I believe people are still going to be doing stuff. I think they're going to find money to go on trips. I don't think that part of the economy is going to go into recession, which is why I have bought the recent pullback on the airlines. So far, not so good. You know, you had that nice day and then he kind of key reversal did almost yesterday. So not that great. But I feel like this pullback in the airlines is a buying opportunity. It may be wrong. Again, I'm confident. I'm playing a little more defense there. I've raised cash. Buying a, you know, a heavy position in stock like Enbridge means I'm kind of positioned defensively. But I can see, you know, I can see if we pull back a little bit more, starting to get a little bit more aggressive on some of these. Like, I mean, I talked about buying Square yesterday. I, I, I think, I don't know if you're going to get down to 55 or 60, but I mean, just gave it the whole thing back in four days. Yeah. It's, it feels like a natural spot for it to bounce. I mean, Oof, you hit a storm that I have? That's no joke. But um, it, one thing is always to keep in mind, right? And I think that this is important. Also, we talk about this all the time, Dennis, that the market loves to hurt work and hurt the most. We're starting to get that pessimism going in. You're starting to see a lot of people starting to buy puts. This could be the day that maybe we get a little bit of a bounce also, right? Maybe. And so just keep that in mind, right? If things don't just go straight in one way. Very rare do we see stocks go like we saw recently where they were just going straight up, right? And so be careful out there that we could see a little bit of a chop as you start to get some pessimism into the market. Even I'm a part of that, but at the same time, I'm also understanding that the psychology is shifting from extreme bullish to now starting to maybe get a little bit leaning on that bearish side. So that's yeah. when the market usually has a tendency of just telling us, hey, 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 watch out. We don't go one way. We'll find out today you what can't, happens there. So again, chasing worked for a lot of the first half here. But historically speaking, chasing doesn't work. Buying, you know, the dips on uptrends works better. Some of these trends are breaking is the problem. So like now you need stabilization. Long term, you know, trends may be still intact with a lot of these things. Do we eventually come back into Microsoft and Apple? Probably. I don't think these stories are gone. But again, valuations were just too stretched. Do they eventually buy an SMCI? I think so. I think the story will get hot again. But you want to buy it on day one or you want to wait for the dust to settle? It often, you know, is a better, you know, a better thing to maybe wait for the dust to settle. But pick your spots. I mean, good companies, reasonable valuations. SMCI isn't one of those zombie money burning machines. They're actually PE isn't is reasonable here. So it's you know on a pullback here. I think you are buying this maybe fifty percent, hundred to three fifty. You get that two twenty five to two fifty area. 
maybe take a shot. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing to keep in mind is that uh, stocks have a tendency of when they bounce back and they get these elevator moves down, it starts opening up volatility where the stock can make big ranges, right? Because the ATR is now super expanded. And so you can get these quick little p- bounce backs and the shorts get trapped really quickly. Um, so I've been seeing a lot of that with like kind of stocks like NVIDIA too. They'll make this really hard down move but then just come right back up. And so be careful out there, traders. We'll see what happens. Like always, Dennis has been talking about right now, it's more catch stocks that are ripping up that come back down, not necessarily just chase the names lower, right? Because that can easily be a way to get caught on the short side. We'll see what happens. Like always, keep up with Dennis Dick on Triple D Trader on Twitter. You guys will see him definitely make some mentions today. I'm sure it'll be a fun day. And it's always good to have you, Dennis Dick. I think it's going to be choppy. Yeah, a little bit of up, down, up, down, up, down. We'll play with it. We'll see what happens. And I think that, that we're, that's what we're in for the maybe the next two months. You've talked about this, Dennis. We'll see if we get through this kind of lull in the market. That's going to do it for us on pre-market prep. Thank you, Dennis. Dennis is out of here, guys. We're going to bring you guys over to live trading. That's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. And later today, we have a great webinar for you guys, the Benzinga EV webinar, Driving the Future. You'll have different companies there that you guys might just want to take a look into. We have some battery plays. We have some EV plays. And of course, stay tuned. There's some charging stations even on included in this. That's going to be a part of our web webinar, Driving the Future with Electric Vehicles. So if you guys don't want to miss that, as Benzinga highlights the companies and leaders in technology, paying the way forward in the automotive industry. That's going to be at 11 a.m. Eastern, right after live trading. So let's go over to live trading. Let's go make some money. At least that's what I'm going to try to do. We'll see what happens. Catch me on live trading. Catch Lord Ryan and, of course, Nick Brown to cover the news. We'll see you over there. Don't go anywhere, team. Stay right here. And let's keep getting into some trading action.